Welcome to The Director's Take, a podcast where we explore how you go from directing something with your mates to being the most senior decision maker on a film set. I'm Oz Arshad. And I'm Marcus Thomas. And we are both writer-directors at the beginning of our TV and feature film directing journeys. The pathway doesn't exist, so we are going to do our best to help bridge the gap. Welcome everyone to this week's Director's Take and we have a really special guest this week. Um, I mean, we say that every week, but that's because every week... they are all special, yeah. And this one's interesting because our guest co-founded Director's Notes in 2006. His name is Rob Munday and Rob joined the team at Short of the Week in 2009 and has been championing short films on his platform ever since. Rob believes short film is more than a playground for narrative and craft and is constantly excited and surprised by the new work being made in that format. The only British-based member of the Short of the Week editorial team, Rob is particularly passionate about supporting emerging talent from the UK and the rest of Europe. So, welcome to the Director's Take, Rob Munday. Thank you very much. Nice welcome there. You've done your uh, you've done your homework. It's nice to see. It was quite hard to find like your your biography online, like the deep dive. So keen to actually hear a bit more about that. So I guess as a first question, what made you pursue a career in the film industry? Like what inspired your love of films? I guess my love of films goes goes way back. I probably you know I probably credit my dad for my love of films. He was one of these quite quite relaxed dads who let me watch films that I definitely shouldn't have watched at a really early age. He bought us a Betamax video player um, back in the day. So um, back in the day when it was VHS or Betamax and VHS was kind of the, the format that everyone had, but he'd heard that Betamaxes were better quality. And then we realized that, you know, where we lived, there was only like one shop that rented Betamax. It didn't have the latest films. It wasn't as good. So I kind of got into watching Video Nasties, Hellraiser and Alien. I became kind of fascinated in the craft. You know, Hellraiser's got this classic scene where this kind of demon raises from the floor and it was all done with physical effects. I just find that, I found that really magical. The films like Alien and, and Hell, Hellraiser again, you know, they gave me nightmares for, for years, but, you know, they were also kind of like just so inspirational in thinking about the kind of craft and the world, build, world building that comes from cinema. And I became kind of obsessed with the weirder, more independent kind of end of cinema when I went to university. So when I was at university, I ran a film society with a good friend of mine um, and we'd screen like really obscure films and we'd screen shorts um, and things like that. And yeah, so I guess, you know, university really helped develop my knowledge of cinema and everything kind of just really snowballed from there, I guess. What happened when you left university and how did you come to founding director's notes? So when I left university, which was 2002, I studied what they called at the time a media production degree, which is kind of a, a really blanket name for a degree that tries to cover a really wide aspect of kind of video production. That's what I did as well. Oh, yeah? A media production degree. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you probably know that it kind of, it gives you a good general skills base, but you don't really specialize in anything. So I left. I left my degree having decent knowledge of cinematography, decent knowledge of editing. I could build a website. I could write. But I was quite lucky. I managed to get myself a good job leaving university. I went around the country filming football games. So this was in the really early days of internet TV. So I used to film football games and edit them and put them online. The money went out of that area very quickly. And I, I lost that job 
2004, I think it was, so a couple of years out of university. And I tried to do those, that kind of go to London, be a runner, work for these, work for these companies, but it didn't really suit my personality. When I was young, I just didn't, I didn't have that drive. It just wasn't, it wasn't in me. I kind of, I've discovered it a bit more as I've got older, but I'm still not, you know, I'm not really a career orientated person. It's just never been kind of my priority, but I still had this love for cinema and this love for filmmaking. And I wanted to do something with it. And my friend, a good friend who I went to university with, Marbell, you know, I'm kind of down as the co-founder of Director's Notes, but he's the, he's the heart behind it. He's the man who really drives it. He suggested we started Director's Notes. What was the kind of intention for it from Broad for you? As fans of independent cinema, we felt frustrated that there was a lot of media coverage. There wasn't a lot of places you can go and get more information about the films that we love. You know, this was one of the big kind of influence behind director's notes was those extras on DVDs that you'd get, you know, a director's commentary or behind the scenes look. You want more of this. This is what's really inspirational. You know, I mean, it's great seeing how this million dollar Hollywood blockbuster is made, but that's not useful for an emerging filmmaker. What's useful is seeing how that low budget independent film is brought to life. You know, hearing from directors who are at a similar kind of level mm. and who have achieved something, talking about the work they've done. That's where that's where the inspiration is. And that's kind of what we felt like emerging filmmakers. This is missing from the film world. This is an area that needs to be addressed. But back in 2006, there wasn't a lot of people doing this. So Marvin and I did director's notes for a while. Uh, and from there, we started writing for short of the week, basically. So Marvin started to write for short of the week. And then he kind of got me involved. And in, back in like 2007, I think I wrote my first piece for short of the week. And yeah, from there, from there, I kind of went from just being randomly involved, you know, as, as the name suggests, Short of the Week was originally one short film per week. So we didn't have so much, so much content going out, but nowadays that content has grown and grown. So director's notes and Short of the Week was kind of my side hustle. And now thankfully it's become my, you know, it's become my full-time job, which is kind of amazing, really. So, you know, you just get to sit and watch and write about films all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And talk to people, talk to people about film, which is which is really nice. What is it about short format which kind of drives you? Is is it is there something in it because it's closer to that independent nature and people are a bit more, like there's more risk, it's more diverse or? No, I think this short film has the most exciting work because, that, because of that lack of risk that there is. Filmmakers feel free to make bold choices and to tell, you know, exciting new stories. Whereas in the world of features and TV, there's obviously a lot more pressure because you're looking at audience numbers and you're looking at TV ratings. And in the world of shorts, there just seems to be this freedom that produces more exciting work. So I think that's definitely one of the reasons that I'm attracted to short film. Also, I think it's good just to consider what you look for when you watch a film, any type of entertainment. What is it that you want from it? You know, do you want to be scared? Do you want to be excited? Do you want to contemplate the, I don't know, the greater questions of life, whatever it is? Well, I mean, you can get that from watching a two and a half hour feature, but you can also get that from watching a 10 minute short film. And I'll laugh my head off. I'll cry and, you know, I'll be scared and I'll be entertained. So you can get all of that from short films. You know, if you like filmmaking, I don't see why you wouldn't like short films. Especially in today's world where time is kind of a real commodity, feature films nowadays can be quite long. Uh, and people, you know, it seems to be nowadays that making that decision to watch a feature film can be a big one for people because, you know, it's devoting a lot of their time to it. Whereas, you know, short film, you can dip in, dip out, watch one, watch two, come back to it. There's this really nice quality in short film that allows unheard stories to be told. 
you know, stories that wouldn't make it to a full 30 minute TV program or wouldn't make it to a full 90 minute feature film. But these are really important stories and they can find an audience and they can find people who, who relate and connect to that story through, through short film. And, you know, for me, that's just, that's a really wonderful thing. It's, it's a very pure art form. We had Philip Ilson on a while ago and he was saying that it, it's almost experimental because the filmmaker is just being free with a blank canvas and just putting whatever they want on it. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, you know, Philip knows his short films better than anyone. But yeah, I think that's totally, I think that's totally right. You know, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a kind of higher end of production in short film where the business side of things does come into it. But, you know, the great thing about short film is the accessibility. You know, people can shoot short films on their mobile phone. Uh, if it's an important story and it needs to be told, you know, the production levels don't always, don't always matter. It's just about getting that story out there. Uh, you kind of touched on how you got involved with Short of the Week. What was that platform like when you started and how has it sort of grown? And if you could, yeah, if you could give us like an explainer of what Short of the Week is as well for people who may not know. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, Short of the Week started, you know, very much as the name suggests and people still get kind of a little bit tripped up on this because we've stuck with that name because it's kind of become our brand. But the name suggests that one short film a week and that's what we used to do back in the day. So we pick one short film, we talk about it, we share it on our site and then the next week, next week, we pick a new short film and do the same. And obviously that was back in the day when there wasn't the volume of short films online that there are now. And now it's kind of evolved into, you know, we'll feature three or four films a week. You know, at times we've fe- at times when we've been really busy, we've featured, you know, seven films a week. We've done every day, you know, including the weekends, just because there's so much good content. We don't want to miss out on covering it. The website really started as kind of a, I mean, much like director's notes, really, the, the two co-founders, Andrew Allen and Jason Sondi, started it when they were studying together um, in Seattle and it was kind of a we love short film we want to share it so we're going to make this we're going to make this platform and from there it's growing from being this kind of blog to becoming this kind of monster of a short film catalog we've got this extensive back catalog that you can search through you know according to country of production um, certain themes um, in the film so if you're looking to laugh if you're looking for something more emotional if you're looking for a good documentary you can search our back catalogue for that and you can see films that are only made by students um, and yeah the platform is has grown it's continuing continuing to grow we've just launched a kind of uh, sister site called Shortverse um, which we're looking to make an even more extensive online catalogue Shortverse is what we're hoping to become more like um, an IMDB for short film but you can also you can also watch the shorts there, obviously. But um because short of the week is so director focused, we were kind of we've always thought that there's something a little unfair about that because there are lots of people who work on a short film and make a short film great. So on short verse it allows for kind of full crediting and for those people to have, you know, an extensive catalogue of their work. So if you're a cinematographer, you can have all the shorts you've worked on. Um if you're an editor so on and so on and that's like just came about because we were thinking about okay we love our curation on short of the week and we love you know the quality that that kind of brings to our audience but what about some of those other films that don't quite match our curation criteria for short of the week that doesn't mean they're not good films um and we were kind of thinking about okay so what about those other films you know what can we do for them in short verse felt like a way that we could give something to those filmmakers as well I guess, like, if you could explain to me, this is me being the audience, 
an optimistic young filmmaker. I submit my film to Short of the Week and then what happens? What does that process look like? What are you looking for? Um, and then, yeah, what happens from there? So, I mean, I like the fact that you said optimistic filmmaker. I think, you know, <laughs> optimism's a big part of it, isn't it? Yeah, I've not been beaten up yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in terms of that process, I mean, when it comes to finding films for short of the week, we have a few different routes we go down for finding films. So we've got our submission system. So we take submissions for short of the week through short verse. Comes with a small fee. For that fee, it just basically means that it, you'll get you'll get our team to watch the short and have it considered to be on short of the week. We don't give feedback unless you pay like a small extra fee for feedback, and then we offer you some detailed feedback. And again, that's something we felt was quite important because I know that's something a lot of filmmakers don't get. Um, don't get it from festivals, but we don't offer that to every film. It's just it's just the filmmakers that want it. There was a point where we did offer, where we did give feedback actually for, we tried to give feedback for every single film. And surprisingly, we found that more people didn't want it. What we do at Short of the Week, our goal is never to kind of, you know, crush the confidence of a filmmaker with a rejection. You know, just because, you're, just because your film isn't right for Short of the Week doesn't mean it's a bad film. It won't get shown elsewhere. It's just not right for us. And it feels like I need to reiterate that point quite a lot because taking rejection it's difficult, whatever you do. So now we offer feedback for just those who, who want it. It does come at a small extra cost and people aren't always, again, aren't always happy about that. Again, you know, it's extra. It takes extra time from our team to provide that feedback. Uh, and we try to do it at a level that is both constructive and useful. And to do that, it does take time. Just to summarise for the audience at this point where we're at. So Director's Notes is a platform where short films go on there and it's and it's more about the kind of the craft behind it. Yeah, that's a pretty good summary. Um, yeah, so Director's Notes is kind of all about independent filmmaking. We do actually feature features on there as well um, at times and we feature kind of work that may exist out of the short film arena. Like on Short of the Week, we don't feature music videos on Director's Notes. We will. On Short of the Week, we don't really feature commercial work or branded work very often we do make for both of those actually music videos and kind of branded commercial work we do make a section an exception but it really has to have a very strong storytelling element in it um so so yeah in, uh, director's notes is all about kind of providing kind of insight into a filmmaker's process when they were making an independent film short of the week is kind of trying to give a platform to emerging filmmakers to, to show off their work and on short of the week, it does, you know, when your film gets featured, it comes with an accompanying article. And, you know, that, but that article can take many different angles in how it's, in how it's written. It really depends on how it connects to the writer who's writing it. So that article could really go into the craft and talk about why it's so technically impressive or how it was made. It could talk about it on an emotional level. You know, sometimes we have um, articles that are written from a really kind of deep personal point of view where a film is connected with someone. Whereas Director's Notes is kind of a back and forth Q&A with the filmmaker to try and get into their process. Thank you for that clarity. So just going back to two things. One was about the criteria of curation for Short of the Week. So when I put a film in, and I'm, I'm speaking as a, I guess, a puppet for other filmmakers here. So, and I get a rejection and it, and it just said, it doesn't fit our whatever it is. And that was it. But then you said that you also, for an extra fee now, give feedback. But you said that, just because a short film doesn't get chosen doesn't mean that it's a bad short film or anything like that. So what would the feedback be then for the filmmaker 
if it's a good film that hasn't been rejected. Okay, so let's start off with the criteria that we look for. So we have some very basic criteria um, to kick off with. One, that uh, a short film has to be under 40 minutes in length. And two, that we're looking for narrative work. So again, we're not really looking for music videos. We're not looking for commercials unless they have a really strong storytelling element. And again, we've always tried to be quite quite open on Short of the Week with our selection process and what we are looking for. You know, if you go to our submit page on Short of the Week, there's a big kind of list of what we're kind of looking for. And, you know, what we're looking for, I guess, is originality. We're looking for stories that haven't been told before. We're looking for stories that maybe have been told before, but now they're told in a totally new and original way. We're looking for kind of exceptional examples of craft. You know, short film, again, is one of these areas where you can try new things. You can be experimental. And, you know, over the years in, on Short of the Week, we featured films that have, that have used kind of groundbreaking craft and we've got, we've gone on to see those used in feature films and so on we are looking for narrative pieces so we're looking for stories that connect stories that resonate i'm also thinking about kind of the impact of the films that we feature because short film offers the opportunity for filmmakers to tell stories that wouldn't get told anywhere else so you know that is something that comes into our consideration when we're picking films because we're thinking okay if we don't feature this film this story is not going to get told and that's an important kind of platform for that story. So kind of the impact it has is important for us. And again, we have all this information kind of on our submit pages. Um, we kind of boil it down to what we call hand, heart, and head. You know, hand, we're looking for kind of the craft, the technical skills that are involved there. You know, heart is your kind of emotional reaction to it. And then head is kind of what's gone into the writing, you know, the storytelling. Do you have individual or is it always a collective decision? Every film gets a first screener from our team. And again, our team's really experienced. We've got working filmmakers. We've got you know, festival programmers, a whole breadth of kind of experience there. So generally, if there's anything of interest in a film, it will get two views. Sometimes there are films we watch and we say, okay, we know straight away this is not for us. Again, it just might not fit our criteria straight away or maybe you know just that the quality is not at the standard we're looking for straight away but then if a film's got something of interest it'll get passed up to make sure somebody else screens it off often i'll screen it myself and kind of help make that decision on whether it's something we want to feature in terms of the feedback so again our feedback is designed to encourage filmmakers uh, and help filmmakers but that does have to come with a bit of honesty and again that can't always be easy for filmmakers to hear so it might be something along the lines of, look, we absolutely loved the way your film looked. It was a beautifully shot um, short. But when it came to the narrative, you're telling a story that we've seen a hundred times before. There's no originality there. We can't fault you as a filmmaker and your, your crew have all done a wonderful job there. But narratively, it didn't hit the marks of what we're looking for. You know, Alternatively, maybe there's the nugget of a really good story there and there's a, pre a good premise there, but it hasn't been hasn't been developed enough. So they haven't got they haven't taken the origins of their story and developed it enough with, you know, characters you can engage with. Uh, maybe there's not enough narrative development. So we'll give all kinds of feedback, you know, around those types of things. But it really does depend on on the film and where we feel the, the biggest flaw is. If you can identify that flaw, that's how you can improve on your next piece of work. It might be along the lines of, look, you've got a great story here, but you haven't developed it. You know, have you thought about working with someone who's maybe more experienced in the writing department or you know you've made a short film there's good potential here but you've tried to do everything yourself have you thought about working with a producer or getting some more people on 
to help you. It's always going to be hard to do that with filmmakers because we are so sensitive. You know, you know, no one wants to hear after putting six months, seven months of efforts and money into something, you know, certain flaws into it that could have been better. But I guess as well, like, you know, we, we speak about it a lot on this podcast about everyone's short film is not going to be perfect and everybody's work is a different stage of where they're at in terms of finding their voice or getting better with, with technical ability or narrative and how they execute um, and it gets better and better and I guess that it must be challenging for you guys to kind of like think right he's a filmmaker this is their second short we either accepted or didn't accept their first one you know where, where, where are they at with this one because obviously everyone's different right in terms of where they are and what that short is and I mean that's something you know that's something that does come into our into our thinking you know sometimes we'll we'll decline a short film just because it didn't quite match what we were looking for but you know the filmmaker is someone who sticks in your mind you know and stays with you and often we have like um so we have this big database of films as well that kind of helps everything we do at short of the week and we'll often mark filmmakers you know as ones we think have a bright a bright future you know talent to watch like we'll say it's almost like yeah exactly what you've said like this you know their first film wasn't quite there but you can tell there's a spark there. You can tell there's, you know, that talent that's kind of just waiting for the right project or the right script to come along. There'll definitely be something you want to feature. I mean, to give a great example of films, you know, we haven't, that we don't cover that have gone on to do well, you know, I could probably list quite a few of the Oscar winners that we didn't feature on our site because we just didn't connect with them. I mean, not that the short film Oscar is the best measure for success of a short film. The short film Oscar probably isn't picked by people who have the best knowledge of short film. But, you know, that lots of films that we haven't featured have gone on to have great success. You know, we, we're just one platform. We see ourselves in the same kind of world as film festivals. You know, the, the big difference is that a film festival is this great event where you will go and attend. And it happens over an intense couple of days or a week or so. We're ongoing. We happen all the time. But really, you know, everyone in this world should have the same goal. And that's kind of to help emerging filmmakers. To help them on their journey. Help them get seen. Help them you know, feel appreciated for what they do and help them get better. That's the key though, isn't it, Rob, is that for a filmmaker who's emerging, they're, they're kind of, uh, when they put their head above the parapet, the head they put in above the parapet is momentum. And and the pieces that make that momentum, you know, definitely your both of your platforms feed into that momentum for a filmmaker. But it's a great example that you've said that there are films that you haven't featured that have just gone on and, and, and won the Oscars. And I think that the moral of the story is that you have to keep going, right? You know, short of the week is just one platform run by a select group with a particular curatorial stance. I mean, realistically as well, you look at the, the logistics of it, we can't accept every short film that's made would be called short of the hour or something. You know, we'd have to change our catalogue. Can you enlighten us on like over the years, like, you know, the kind of frequency or, or, or numbers you were getting for short films, maybe back in 2009, 8, 9, 10, compared to 21, 22, 23? The short film ecosystem has obviously changed massively over that time. So the number of short films that are getting made has just multiplied beyond imagination. You know, when I first got into short films, I can even remember one of the moments I kind of saw like my first selection of short films. So, you know, back in the UK when we wanted to watch good, you know, American dramas, we stayed up late to watch The Sopranos on Channel 4. And I remember staying up and after The Sopranos, there was this collection of short films on TV, so like a half an hour program. Yeah, which I guess is what, what has kind of become kind of random at. That would have been the early 2000s. And, you know, I used to get, I used to collect these DVD collections called Waltzing, uh, which was a magazine that used to have like um, a DVD that came with it. I used to get it from America and it'd have short films and music videos, you know, the work of like Spike Jones and Chris Cunningham, people like that on it. 
So, you know, back when Director's Notes and Short of the Week was started, there wasn't a volume of short films online. I guess with that also, your job as a curator was probably easier because there wasn't so many to pick from. You know, the films that were coming online were usually not student films. There were these bigger productions. You'd get like the Oscar winners or whatever. And you had a kind of more, a more focused audience because there wasn't so much competition. In, in what to watch if you wanted to watch a short film online you had you know a select choice of what you could watch nowadays you know if you want to watch short film online you can come to short of the week you can go to director's notes you can go to vimeo you can go to youtube to, to circle back to the the selection process so say i'm the optimistic filmmaker the optimism's been repaid i've been selected what happens there what what does the release of of a short film on short of the week look like um, and who are the types of people that are likely to be like tuning in? Yeah, it's another good question. The first thing we do is we talk to the filmmakers and we talk about, okay, what is it you're looking to get from your online release? And you know, when, when are you looking to do it, basically? I mean, we always encourage filmmakers to submit to us as early as possible in their journey. I mean, we'd really love it if every filmmaker saw Short of the Week as part of their festival kind of distribution strategy and submitted to us early on. And that is becoming more and more of the case now, which is really great. Because, um, you know, you can show it to your film and you can submit to Short of the Week whenever you want. You can submit to us, be accepted and say, well, well it's, you know, you're going to have to wait until it's done its festival circuit and then we're going to go online because that's what we've got planned. And that'll be, yeah, of course, that's great. We'll um, we'll come back to you, you know, come back to us whenever you're ready um, and we'll discuss release dates then. Um, so there's a back and forth between between us and the filmmakers, um, and we can do that over email. We have a Discord uh, board where we do some of that. You know, sometimes we have video calls. We've always been a filmmaker focused platform. So for us, it's really about talking to the filmmakers and understanding what it is they want to get from their release. Because you know, some people have different opinions of what constitutes a successful online release. Some people are looking to just reach the biggest audience they can, you know, viewing figures, like comments, all those things are obviously seen as kind of important currency online. Whereas other filmmakers might be, you know, I'm looking to get an agent. I'm looking to, uh, I'm looking to fund a new short film project. So by getting this film out there, I'm also going to launch my Kickstarter for my next short film. And I want, you know, that to be really the focus. So it's all about talking to the filmmaker, understanding what they want from there. You know, we have a kind of process of collecting information from the filmmakers. So we'll need things like a copy of the film, screening purposes, and for making kind of media assets. We'll need images. There's usually three or four questions we'll ask a filmmaker to get some background information for writing the accompanying article. We always try and end the articles that we write on short of the week with kind of, okay, what is it you're working on next? What are you trying to do? Is there anything we can help you with? in your journey as a filmmaker. If you're looking for funding for a new short film, or you're looking for partners to work with, let us know and we'll kind of, we'll help you work on that. So when once we've kind of got all that information from the filmmaker and we've decided on a date, um, we'll then offer them advice on kind of releasing it. You've obviously got different platforms you can release on. Obviously the main two being Vimeo uh, and YouTube. We'll talk social media. So what can we do to get the film out there? You know, are there any specific kind of audiences we can tap into to help get the film seen? You know, quite often there were kind of, if your film's got like a niche angle, there might be kind of a niche audience that already exists that we can tap into. That's a good example of that is we featured this American documentary on Short of the Week, which was about quilting. So, 
you know, old ladies making quilts and taking them into competitions. It was this documentary, this really kind of warm-hearted documentary that we really loved. And we were like, well, that's really nicely made, kind of really heartfelt. It's kind of a, just a good, good wholesome piece that we really wanted to champion on short of the week. We thought, well, you know, we're going to get it out there and we're going to try and find an audience for it. But, you know, it's probably not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But that film, you know, found a life of its own by being shared on all these strange little quilting communities, you know, forums and stuff. And, you know, it found this really nice audience. So every film's different. Every film, you know, we can think about what it is that makes it special and how can we make sure that it finds the audience it's looking for. But, you know, there are, to to kind of, again, not to kind of crush the optimistic filmmakers, but there's only so much we can do as an online platform. You know, some of that has to come back to the filmmaker and they have to do some of the work themselves to make it a successful online release. And that's something we're really kind of, we're really clear about with the filmmakers to be featured. So we say, look, this is what we're going to do and this is what you can do to help the film release. You know, you've got a cast, you've got a crew, you know, get them involved with the short film release, get them sharing over social. You know, anyone who can help champion the film, anyone who can share it themselves, leave comments, you know. Again, we've never been this kind of, this organisation that wanting to have kind of internal secrets. You know, we've published a lot of articles that talk about what we do. As a filmmaker, I understand how hard it must be to be, you know, a director, you know, directing your films or whatever kind of role you take. But then, you know, you're also almost expected to be a marketer and a promoter, you know, unless you get a distribution deal. And maybe, you know, you finish that short and you're working on a new project, but now we're asking you to also promote it over social media. So, you know, there is a, there is a lot of work that goes into that. And yeah, we do try to be as transparent as possible. You've seen thousands and thousands of short films over the years. So, Rob, what do you think makes a good short film then? I mean, the thing that really gets me excited about short film is just originality. But, you know, if you look at the world of feature films, sometimes it does feel a little lacking in origin in originality. It's very much a numbers and a money game at times. Um, I'm not saying that there's not originality in feature films. Of course, there is. There's, you know, fantastic films being made all around the world. But when you look at short film, the originality that you get there is just phenomenal. To see these new crafts and these new techniques being told. And, you know, to see something just where you actually feel buzzing and excited about this about this short film that has to speak to someone about it. And, you know, I think that is something that you're looking for in short films. You want your audience to feel excited. So, yeah, it's just originality is kind of what really excites me. But I also like to be moved, you know, having an emotional reaction to a story is just something that I think most people want, whether that, you know, that emotional reaction is, again, fright or, you know, some being touched. You know, that's, that's just a really, a really powerful thing. It's an interesting point you said about the feature, Rob, about, you know, what you get out of shorts you're not going to find any features i'm just thinking about you know to one a really a film that i regard really highly is called over by i think he's yawned threlfall and it's a absolutely wonderful film never would that ever be a feature and just the way he executes it it's it's just brilliant and, and and it was so joyous to see that as as that as just a short piece yeah and like you say if you think about that film and the topic that are covered in it you know saying that that is joyful seems like a strange thing but it is just such an inventive piece of cinema uh and again you know if if someone if you came with that pitch you know you can imagine that guy coming with that pitch to a tv company 
or a feature film company and say, this is how I'm going to tell this story. They would just be like, no, that's not going to, you know, that's probably not going to sell. That's not what our audience wants to see. But, you know, he got to make it and it is, you know, it's fantastic. And there are, you know, there are hundreds of short films like that where you're just like, there's no way that anyone would have been allowed this to have been made in those other worlds, but you've got that freedom in short film. And I think because of that, you know, that's another reason why short film is really powerful and why it can change the filmmaking industry as a whole, because it can prove that these things work. Um, you know, quite often short film is like a testing ground. I always hate to say that short film is a stepping stone for a filmmaker to go on to their, to, to launch their career, but it's also a kind of stepping stone for for the, for the film industry to try out new things and prove that it does work. So if you see that something works on the internet and it can go on to, you know, help that filmmaker, you know, I, I think a really great example of that is Rob Savage. So obviously Rob Savage, you know, he made that kind of micro feature called Host. Um, so kind of micro horror film that he made. And that was kind of, that was shot on the back of like a practical joke he did with his friends on a mobile phone, you know, saying that he heard, he heard noises come out of his, come out of his attic and you know again you could have taken you know he, he could have maybe had that idea and taken it to Shudder or whoever it was who who financed the film would they have made that film without that internet falling in love with his his practical joke I'm not sure they would have do you see a correlation between the short filmmakers who go on to have long-form success um I saw like a a feature you did way back uh in 2015 on Lewis Arnold as as who is like one to watch and obviously has gone on to 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 do ridiculously well within uh UK TV landscape and I'm sure beyond that he's, he's only going to go further so yeah I'm, I'm intrigued to know if like see any correlation between people's journeys their early work and what they go on to do you know Lewis Arnold is a great example with the shorts of his we featured on our site and I remember seeing you know seeing those when he was at the NFTS and thinking you know there's some real there's some real talent here. They weren't particularly groundbreaking. So they didn't really tick that box of what we were looking for in terms of originality on short of the week. But the stories he contained in those in those small films, you know, the moment we saw those, the team, we were like, okay, this guy's gonna get TV work. It just seems, you know, it seems obvious. I mean, obviously going to the NFTS and having that experience, you know, does help because they've obviously, you know, can get you in touch with some good people. But you know, he had that kind of defined talent there that seemed perfect to translate to TV. Um, and I think in terms of people making that journey into either television or features, and there's kind of two things that people are looking for. Uh, and I guess that's the talent and the idea. Sometimes it's the short film idea that gets developed into uh, a TV series. You know, we've seen that a lot with animations. They've been developed into TV series or features. And again, you see that with a lot of um, live action uh, pieces, you know, often sci-fi's horrors do really well again, developed into features. So I think, you know, the genre world does love a good short to feature adaptation. And, you know, we had a short of the week, we had a, we had investment from a company a while back who were looking, who was looking for talent for Netflix shows. We didn't end up finding exactly what they were looking for. Um, but from working with them, we got a lot of insight into, okay. And if these are the type of things that, that gets development for a Netflix show, for example, you know, they were looking for genre pieces. They were looking for, you know, it was actual idea. So we would send them a lot of sci-fi, a lot of horror. Um, so again, I think it's just, it is just down to, I mean, this is not really a particularly helpful answer, but it is down to the individual. Uh, and it is down to kind of 
recognizing, you know, where your strengths are. And if you kind of work on those strengths, I think they, they do become evident in your filmmaking. Uh, and someone can see that that kind of talent there. Uh, and you know, hopefully they'll get the chance they deserve to showcase it. What do you think the major difference between like, you know, online and physical festivals from your opinion is? And and, and do you think it, it, it's a one or the other or is it both? And, and what do you think pros and cons are? Thankfully, um, that kind of, the kind of landscapes of the two have started to merge together a lot more. Um, so in the early days, some festivals would see us as a bit of competition and they'd see this real kind of distinction between, okay, this is the festival world and this is the online world. Those two things don't merge. You do festivals first and only then afterwards do you think about online. There was this very, there was this very clear path and that was just kind of accepted as how it was. You know, that's, that's, that's how it worked. You know, if your film had any kind of distribution deal then it wouldn't come online for like two years three years or something down the line and i think you know any kind of distribution you can get for a short film you know is is great because i think we all know there's there's not a lot of money in the world of short film obviously it's never going to be however much we try and replicate a physical festival there's nothing like watching a film in a room with a group of people with a shared interest in seeing that film there's just you know there's a certain there's a certain joy that comes with that. And, you know, being able to discuss with like-minded people afterwards what you liked about the film, you know, which short films stood out in a program. It's just impossible to replicate that online. And, you know, we've tried, festivals have tried. I just don't think it can be done. It's just not the same, you know, feeling and, and connection as being in real life with someone. So I feel like that's the big difference between festivals and online. But, you know, saying that, obviously the kind of negatives of a festival, if you want to say, see it as negatives, is that you've got this really passionate, dedicated audience, but it is quite contained and small. You know, what if you want your film to be seen by a larger number of people? Well, that's where the internet comes in, obviously. I mean, you know, you have to work to get that film seen, but it does offer, you know, this massive opportunity. You know, if you think about how many people will get to see a short film through its festival life, compared to how many people might see that short film online in one day. How do those numbers compare? Surely in a short film's lifetime online, it's going to get more, more views online than it would do in a festival. And again, it's not all about views, but obviously as a filmmaker, I am assuming you do want your film to be seen. It's one of the reasons you, you make your film. Online and the festival worlds are coming together. We are merging a lot more. We deal a lot with festivals. We deal a lot with distributors. You know, again, back in the day, you know, we didn't have those kind of relationships and it was kind of seen as short of the week's great, but we'll come and talk to you after a film's kind of been through its festival, its festival route. Now we're getting shorts submitted right at the start of their festival run and they're saying, look, we'll see how the festival goes. Uh, a lot of people are thinking about releasing just after their films played at a big festival to kind of build on that buzz. That's great. And I guess, you know, I've talked about the negatives of festivals, so I should really address the negatives online um and i guess anyone who's ever been on the internet which will be everyone <laughs> listening to this podcast will already know about those negatives there's a massive competition for attention i mean you know what do you do do you go and watch a short film do you check your social media do you check your news feed there's infinite possibilities of what you can do online you know and we're competing with all of those to get kind of your attention and that is that is unfortunately a negative but for short of the week we have kind of a dedicated audience when i different platforms and you know we know there's an audience out there for short film who are gonna 
watch your film and hopefully like it. And obviously, one of the other negatives is commenters aren't always, always nice online. You might get some feedback to your film that you don't particularly like. Again, that's just, that's the world of the internet. That's part of the parcel when you, when you make film, you open yourself yeah. up to that sort of thing. So, I, I mean, just talking from personal experience with, with the pros and cons, like, obviously, I, I made a film probably like just before the pandemic called The Retreat, which ultimately ended up on short of the week. But I remember we, I just like locked the edit and then we were locked down a week afterwards and I was like, well, film festivals don't exist anymore. So I just want to throw it straight online and do it that way and get like buzz that way. But the school kind of were like, no, you shouldn't. You should still do the festival run and just give it a little bit of time. And then we put it online. I was like, okay, fine. Which I think was the right thing to do. And they got into into Sitges, the yeah. big horror fantasy festival, which was very helpful. But then I think you come across my film online, a trailer online, and we kind of ended up getting it on short of the week anyway for a release. This is my own personal experience. I can't speak to anyone else. But all of the things that I thought I would get from film festivals, I got from my film releasing on your platform. Earlier, I think it was October sort of time, when my film got into Sitges, I was like approaching agents and stuff and no one was getting back to me. But when my film went online short of the week, I, I was then speaking to production companies who were interested in me and my work. And through them, I got like recommended to agents and stuff. And all these conversations like came about all of these generals, not just with people here, but in the US as well, yeah. like multiple management agencies and stuff that all came from literally within like two weeks of it being online. Whereas at festivals, I've I've still yet to have a single general meeting off the back of my yeah. from being in a festival like to this day. Not I've not yeah. even had an email. But what I have had from a, a physical festival is, as you're saying, like you get the buzz when you're there, and like you have an audience watch it and you feel it, and like you have those conversations of people who enjoy your film. You can have a dialogue, and also I've met other filmmakers whose work I've liked that I've met there, and then like the film that I've just made now with Disney, like I wouldn't have been able to make that if I hadn't met someone that I met at a festival because they recommended like a visual effects supervisor who's like integral to the whole thing. Exactly. And that's really good to hear about, you know, your your experiences with Short the Week because, you know, we we know that the industry watches what we do, but they're kind of, you know, we, we and we try and tell that to people, but obviously having actual proof of it by you saying things like that is really important to what we do because... You know, it is the kind of physical evidence that, that that shows that, you know, those avenues do work outside of film festivals. But those connections are definitely harder over the over the internet. Like you say, finding collaborators, finding people to work with, you know, you only kind of know whether you're going to work well with someone really after you've met them and you've talked to them. But yeah, you know, opportunities do come from, from online and, you know, opportunities do come from the back of being featured on Short of the Week or Director's Notes or, or wherever it is. So... You know, hopefully people people see that and they kind of acknowledge that because, again, it's kind of important to what we do. It's one of our motivators really to help a filmmaker. There's nothing as satisfying for us as as programmers on short the week as seeing a filmmaker who you know has a specific goal uh, go on to realise that goal. You know, it's really kind of inspiring. That's great motivation. That whole thing with Marcus and Retreat, Marcus knows this. It's something that I've always found really, really interesting. Even from like you know, I've, we, we, we've we've been talking about it for two years now about that about how what short of the week did for Marcus and his film. Of course, 
it had to be, you know, the, how good his film was and what he showed about him being a filmmaker, of course. But it's about how that, you know, drew attention and gave him the access to get it under people's noses, which might not necessarily happen when you're at a physical. It seems like, you know, even like last year, I went to one film festival, the producer that's just done my short now, I met, I met that person at a film festival in person. So growing your own personal network, the physical space is, is, is the best. But obviously, you know, for to get your film under people's noses, you know, online is definitely something real. Let's just say a film's been online and then someone shows it to you and says, I just want to put it straight onto, onto Short of the Week. Is that a, a, a fine thing to do? And then they're going to take it on the physical festival route. Or, or do you prefer that there's a couple of selections first? No, I mean, if anything, we, you know, we, we don't, we're not precious about exclusivity on Short of the Week. It's not, you know, there are other, there are other online platforms who, who are, uh, and again, you know, that, that's their decision. Um, you know, we always feel like exclusivity is kind of a bit of a hindrance to the filmmaker to get that film shared, to get it seen. Um, so, but, you know, saying that we do love it when a film, you know, comes straight to short of the week. Um, you know, it might be, you know, some people decide that the festival route is just not for them. And they just feel like this film, the audience for this film is online. So they're going to put it straight online. Um, that's great. And in terms of do festival do festival selections have an impact on whether we select the film? You know, I like to think not. But obviously, if a if a film comes from a festival whose curation you respect and you know kind of fits in with what we do in short of the week, you know that will be a kind of indicator that this might be good content for short of the week. Might be a good selection for short of the week. But we've had loads of films featured on short of the week that have had no festival run or been like look my film didn't get picked up for festivals is it right for short week we'll be like yeah doesn't matter to us whether it's played a festival or not it's just is it is it what we're looking for and does it matter if there's a if there's a big name on it is that irrelevant is it just about how good the film is no i mean a big name on it obviously helps with the shareability of that film if it's got a famous actor you know or or you know a famous director that will definitely help get the film shared but i've seen plenty of short films with famous actors in that have not been very good um then often you'll see like short films help launch acting talent as well short film is an important place for actors as well to develop their talent and again you know you'll see lots of uh, lots of talent who have started in the world of short film you, you don't take films from any other route it's just general submissions how does that work we have lots of different avenues where we find films for short of the week and only talked about our submissions but um yeah, so we have our submissions, but we, we also, we love to kind of discover films online. So sometimes, you know, some of the films we feature on our website were just kind of dropped on YouTube or Vimeo. And, you know, that person just decided, well, we're not going to go for a platform. We're just going to put it out there ourselves. And, you know, we'll maybe kind of stumble across it because someone in our network liked it or commented on it. And then it will become on our radar and they'll be like, oh, this is amazing. We want to get it on short of the week. And there's kind of, there's a real joy in that kind of organic discovery and you know our network of the network of filmmakers we have at short of the week we always try and stay in contact with them you know my inbox is always uh open for people who we featured before and they know they can get in contact with me um and share new work or give us updates on what they're what they're working on something we love to share on short of the week but often what we also get is filmmakers sharing other people's short films so they'll be like oh i was at this i was at this festival and I saw this film and, you know, I think it'd be perfect for short week. Here's a screen and do you want to check it out? 
Uh, and again, that's something we love because you know, if anyone knows what we'd like to feature on short of the week, it's the filmmakers that have already been featured. So yeah, and, and we do attend film festivals as well, whether that's just to watch films or speak on panels or be on the jury, whatever it is. We love going to festivals. If anyone's at a festival and they see me, you know, feel free to come up to me, discuss short film or your own personal film or whatever it is. Um, you know, feel free to do that um, because again, it's something we. We absolutely love doing. Do, do you think, from your experience, um, Rob, I know, that you, I know that you were saying that on short of the week, under 40 minutes is your threshold, but do you think there is an optimum film length for short filmmakers to be making? Because everyone, everyone says shorter the shorter, the shorter the better, shorter the better. I actually did some research on this last year, looking at the short, looking at the short films we featured on short of the week uh, and kind of working out, you know, a kind of average based around that. And it came out about 13, about 13 minutes. You know, whether that tells us that 13 minutes is the optimum time for a short film, or whether that's just, you know, it's just pure luck because of the films we featured. What is important to understand is that we look at a short film as being a long short when it's over 20 minutes. And then we kind of have an extra kind of level of criteria that comes into our selection because that is a big amount of time for an online audience to dedicate towards a film. And again, it's recognizing that we're not a festival. We don't have that audience that's captive in a room watching you know the audience can flick away from your film at any moment they want so you know if a film's over 20 minutes for example you almost need to get better and better over time it needs to maintain those levels of engagement it can't have like dips where you know it's building up to something and then you know the engagement's going to rise again at this dramatic moment a bit later there needs to be kind of some hook to keep people keep people engaged Again, it really comes down to the individual film because there's been a couple of occasions where we've broken our 40 minute rule. They've literally been like, I don't know, like a tiny bit over 40 minutes with some extra credits or whatever on. You know, it just depends on the film and it just has to be an even more exceptional quality, really. And, you know, a lot of those longer films are kind of Oscar nominated documentaries, hard hitting subjects, important stories. Again, fiction films, you don't tend to see that many that are kind of over the 30 minute mark kind of becoming rarer and rarer i think there is something to be said for if you can tell a story in a short amount of time it is you know it's 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 both impressive and you know engaging if you can tell a really powerful story you know in 10 minutes you know or less that's obviously for me a great calling card for the director it shows they've got confidence in what they do and shows they can recognize that their story works over that time some, fil- some short films deserve their 30, 40 minute runtime. You know, others maybe could be a bit shorter. And again, that's something we often give feedback on, on short of the week. It can be like, look, this was really good for 10 minutes. But, you know, after the 15 minute mark, we started to lose interest. By the 20 minute mark, we were quite, in- we were quite unengaged. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, kind of understanding what works and, you know, how long you really need to tell that story. Uh, just a final question. What do you see the future of the industry looking like for filmmakers and the pathway? Funny, I was talking to someone about like how the film industry has changed you know, over time. This person I was talking and again, you know, I've been involved in short films for like 50 years or something. My role in Short of the Week and Director's Notes very much came from a, a place of passion. Only now I'm kind of starting to see more and more the business side of short film and um, so I'm kind of always reliant on other people to kind of you know fill me in on these things but that was kind of though we were talking about how the world of short film has grown over this time 
we've got more and more filmmakers working in short film. You've got more short films being produced every year. But has the funding in short film grown along with that? Has the support for filmmakers grown along with that? You know, I think the support maybe has. I'm not sure about the financial side of things. You know, is there more funding out there than there ever was? Or, or are these more or are more filmmakers now fighting for the same pot of money? Um, funding is always going to be a bit of an issue with short film. And again, you know, I don't want to crush the optimistic filmmaker by saying things like that, but you know, they're gonna they're gonna realize that, you know, there's only so many opportunities out there and everyone's kind of fighting for those same opportunities. So I think we'll continue to see filmmakers kind of making their own opportunities. And I think that's where short film obviously really excels. You know, the fact that a filmmaker can maybe get their project seen and get the story told without you know, the financial backing that maybe they first wanted, you know, maybe they, maybe their project doesn't get picked up by funding, but they decide they can do it on a kind of sh a shoestring budget and they can still get their film out there and it'll still find an audience and it'll still showcase their talent. But, you know, the, the, the future of the film industry, well, it's just, you know, I hope there is, I hope there is a sense of optimism there. I hope, you know, people are still going to want to make short films. I hope that the industry as a whole is going to start to, or continue, I should say, continue to recognize it as kind of hotbed of talent, a place where ideas, ideas are generated and filmmakers really get to experiment and try out bold, bold new things. That is just vital in the filmmaking world. If we don't have people trying new things and, and you know, breaking new ground, what is the filmmaking industry going to look like? I love a big blockbuster as much as anyone else, but now, we also need to see those new voices in cinema and those new voices are really only going to get the opportunity in short film. So short film, you know, needs to continue to be backed, needs to continue to be funded, needs to continue to be supported and it needs to continue to be kind of recognised for what it is. Nugget of the week. We are always sharing things, Marcus and I, um, things that inspire us throughout the week. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be film. What's inspired you this week, Rob? My nugget of the week is a podcast called Pod Save the UK. It's all about kind of kind of UK political news and kind of discussion, but it's done so in a very there's a nice hint of comedy to it. So it's done by Nish Nish Kumar. He's one of the co-hosts. So I was listening. I actually listened to the latest episode this morning which had just stopped oil spokesperson who I think was called Chloe, Chloe Lugdrit, a mother of two who's going out there and getting arrested for this great cause. You know, as a father myself, I found that massively inspirational, made me feel guilty for kind of sitting around talking about short films when I could be kind of out there helping <laughs> to save the world. Uh, and how about yours? What's been going on? Um, so my nugget of the week is an episode of Film Riot, which is an online film show. They have got an episode called Amazing Effects in Classic Classic Films. How do they pull it off? And there's two parts to it, and I think they're going to run it as a series, and it's just fascinating to see how they look at old film, classic films from like the 30s, 40s, or 50s, look at the effects in it, and then obviously there was enough VFX then, so they look at how did they pull it off, and they try and decode it with their kind of VFX 2023 technology brains. And um, then obviously someone then does, goes and does research and finds out how it was really done, and it's pretty mind-blowing the efforts that were put into how 
things were captured in camera to give the illusion that you know whether someone's in a different world or you know there's something obscure going on that's just that you you, you wouldn't be able to just do um, walking around the streets. So it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's it's really really good. So I recommend that. Yeah, and with that in mind, uh, my nugget of the week is Light and Magic, which is on Disney Plus, a six part documentary I think on how um, industrial light and magic was created. So it talks about the process of making the visual effects of the first Star Wars and then what happened beyond that. But it's just incredible. It's just so good because, I mean, it seems like that time in Hollywood was just a fun time because nothing was really set up and sort of regimented at that point. It was just people figuring stuff out and just people calling in favours, which is also part of the problem why the industry is so full of nepotism. But as a beginning, because visual effects companies didn't necessarily exist, it was more like a single person on their warehouse at that time. Um, it's, it's really cool to see how they formed and now seeing what they've obviously gone on to do, which is just beyond anything. The effects they did in the first Star Wars like just had never been done before, which is incredible. Yes. I'm not sure if anyone is aware of this, but in the description of the podcast, there are links to all of the nuggets of the week. If you can't be asked to dig through it, you don't have to. Just go on the, on the description and then you can literally click on the nugget of the week and it will take you to whatever. That's for every episode. Marcus has gone through and done it every time. Every time. And I'm not sure if anyone clicks on it. So please, please click on it. Um, great. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for, for doing this, Rob. It will help so many people. If they do get a rejection, it makes it less personal and it's... It's more about something greater than themselves. Yeah. Um, I think it would do a lot of good hearing hearing your take on it all. Oh, I hope so. Thank you. And if anyone does happen to be listening, get your questions in at the director's take at outlook.com and we want you to tell us what you want to know about directing or the film industry at large and we'll do our best to tell you. We want to ship this as a resource for you, so do get your questions in and reach out to us on Instagram, which is the Director's Take Podcast, and also on Twitter, which is at Director's Take. And Rob, where can people find you and the Short of the Week and Director's Notes and all of that? Yeah, so, I mean, Short of the Week and Director's Notes are on all the big social platforms. Um, you know, the best place to start is just to go to our website, so shortoftheweek.com and directorsnotes.com. My contact details are at Short of the Week. You know, you can see me around at festivals if you're in the UK or or you, you know, I always like to speak to filmmakers, so feel free to get in touch. And I will second that. He is very, very approachable and he does reply very quickly. Um, and leave us a review on whichever platform you get your podcasts from. But I think that's it. Until next time, keep learning, keep failing and keep the faith.